Walking with Jesus, serving with love, and sharing with courage. Welcome to the Pecan Podcast. Hello, dear friends. It is Pastor Courtney back on the PCOM podcast. It is so good to be with you today. Thank you for taking the time. Some of you have sent me emails telling me what you do when you're listening to the podcast, and I love hearing about that, about your walks, about sitting still in your house, about driving your car to, to work or on errands. I love picturing you out there. I... So look forward to the day where we are not picturing each other out there, but instead we are gathered back together. I miss seeing the bottom half of people's faces, don't you? (laughs) There's so much expression there, and it's just been a long year of only seeing the top half of people, um, unless we see them digitally. So I miss you. I miss you, and I look forward to brighter days ahead Thank you, each of you who has sent kind notes. Um, As Daryl has been recovering from shingles, I am happy to report that he is back to almost full strength. I think he's got to be 95% now, and we are just really, really, really grateful. Viruses are such nasty things, aren't they? We've talked about the coronavirus all year, but viruses of any kind, they're just no good. They are no fun. So thank you. We got so many sweet cards and cards and texts and notes and calls, and we really, really appreciate it. Um, I don't think that much about how big and tall Daryl is until he gets sick, and then I realize, oh, he's 6'2", and I'm 5'5", and if he goes down, it's really hard for me to get him back up again. So I am glad we are back on an even keel, and we are, as always, just so grateful for your prayers and for the kindness of the body of Christ. I wanted to talk a little bit today about grace. What is grace and how does God meet us with grace? In the season of Lent, we talk a good bit about spiritual practices, about things like fasting, prayer, the reading of scripture. We're in the middle of a sermon series right now, The Right Tool for the Job, where we're talking about some of these tools to help us in rebuilding on the other side of COVID, tools like resilience and learning from scripture and flexibility and stability. Pastor Jackson, um, if you missed it, Pastor Jackson on February 21st had a sermon on stability that was just really fantastic. Um, and wise and thoughtful. I, I journaled as I was listening to it, and I've been going back to those notes. It is a real gift to preach as part of a pastoral team. I was a solo pastor in Wisconsin before I came here to PCOM, and I preached 45 Sundays out of the year, and I just got tired of hearing myself talk. <laughs> there, is such a, there is such grace in being part of a pastoral team. And I know that grace extends to the congregation, being able to hear the word of God expounded from different life experiences and different ages and men and women both. It is it is a gift. And I always love the Sundays I'm not preaching when I can sit and listen and learn. So what is it about grace? 
I wanted to start by reading a devotional written by Frederick Buechner, good Presbyterian Frederick Buechner, talking about his view of grace. This is from Buechner's work, Wishful Thinking. It says, After centuries of handling and mishandling, most religious words have become so shop-worn nobody's much interested anymore. Not so with grace, for some reason. Mysteriously, even derivatives like gracious and graceful still have some of the bloom left. Grace is something you can never get, but can only be given. There's no way to earn it or deserve it or bring it about any more than you can deserve the taste of raspberries and cream or earn good looks or bring about your own birth. A good sleep is grace, and so are good dreams. Most tears are grace. The smell of rain is grace. Somebody loving you is grace. Loving somebody is grace. Have you ever tried to love somebody? A a crucial eccentricity of the Christian faith is the assertion that people are saved by grace. There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to do. The grace of God means something like, here is your life. You might never have been, but you are. Because the party wouldn't have been complete without you. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Nothing can ever separate us. It's for you I created the universe. I love you. There's only one catch. Like any other gift, the gift of grace can be yours only if you'll reach out and take it. Maybe being able to reach out and take it is a gift too. That's from Beekner's work, Wishful Thinking, and was later published as well in his book, Beyond Words. Grace, unearned favor. We can't be good enough for grace. It is freely, freely given. How is God's grace showing up in your life today? I grew up in the Evangelical Free Church in rural Wisconsin, and we talked a lot about grace. And it was almost always talked about in relationship to personal sin. And that is indeed one of the effects of grace. One of its uses is we do wrong We don't choose right. We sin against God and our neighbor, and God's grace covers that. The grace of Jesus Christ poured out for us on the cross. Grace that is greater than all my sin, I grew up singing. And there's just such beauty and relief and mercy in this grace. We cannot earn our salvation. We cannot will ourselves back to health. We can't try hard enough and finally be good, but God's grace covers it all. And I've been thinking a lot about the other angles of grace, the other shades of grace. And one of the the shades of grace I've been thinking about is what does grace look like after the year that we have all lived through? None of us has had the exact same perspective on the pandemic and what precautions are necessary and what are overkill. 
Should we gather together? And if so, in what capacity should our kids do distance learning or be homeschooled or go back in person? What does it look like to run a business, to run an office? How much isolation is wise and how much is too much and detrimental to our mental health and to our community? And when we decide that we, we have a handle on what is true and right and true and right for everyone, we forget about grace. And the dearest relationships in my life this year have all needed just buckets and buckets and buckets of grace. Understanding when someone says, thank you for the invitation, but I'm not ready. I'm not vaccinated. I, I need to, to socially distance. Offering grace when someone invites us and we have to say no and are gracious in our response. Maybe they're doing something we don't feel is safe or right, but rather than come down hard, we say, no, thank you. And I love you. And I'm here for you. It has been a year where we have needed so much grace, grace with one another, grace with ourselves, grace from the Lord. And one of the things that I love most about grace is that grace, grace keeps us tender. It keeps us tender toward God. It keeps us tender toward one another. When we practice grace, we avoid the bitterness and the vitriol of I know best and I'm in the right and you are wrong. And we are able to engage our neighbors enthusiastically and thoughtfully and with kindness. We are able to see people as they are, but also to believe the best about them, which is a challenge. It's a challenge after the year that we have lived through with so many different perspectives and personalities and anger and grace. What does it mean to show grace with one another? I've had to practice grace in my parenting standards. I had a wonderful conversation with Christy Vetter a number of years ago, and she said something that was so pithy and wise. I asked if I could use it in one of my books, and she said yes, and so I was able to use it and and quote her with permission. But she talked to me about the years of being a single parent to three amazing but very energetic boys. And she said, you know, some days I had to put the bar all the way down on the floor. So it was just really easy to get over the bar, (laughs) just lower the bar all the way to the floor. And that has been so true in pandemic parenting when many, many days the, the burden and the blessing of caring for three small children falls squarely on my shoulders and Daryl's shoulders. And there are not a lot of reinforcements because of, of COVID safety protocols and health protocols, it's, it's on us. And I've had to learn that leaving a few dust bunnies is not fatal. I've had to learn that if I cook chicken nuggets for the third night in, the, in a row, the kids are thrilled. They're thrilled. So why, why try to make something fancy they're not going to eat anyway? I have had to learn a lot about grace. Modern moms are under a lot of pressure for perfection, and you may have heard the term mommy wars, but that that struggle is real, that many parents have perspectives on exactly how children should be raised, and there's not a lot of grace. Are you nursing or are you using formula? Are you feeding organic food or not? And even these little things, these little decisions can feel so fraught. 
but in part because we have been so at capacity in this season, God has taught me a lot about what is good and what is good enough, and that the grace of God covers it all. If our kids are loved, they have three meals a day, we're reading books with them, we're playing outside, the rest is gravy. Chicken nuggets, chicken nuggets, chicken nuggets. And I've heard the same from many of you parents and grandparents out there that there has been a unique grace in this season that you've been able to let go of some of the perfectionism or the, the desire to control and just been able to sit with the grace of God. There is such profound grace in nature. I've also heard from many of you that you've noticed and been able to experience more in nature than ever before because of extra time, because you've been at home more. You notice the birds, the turning of the seasons. The first couple of weeks in the pandemic in March of 2020, a year ago, when everything shut down so quickly, I remember sitting at home and watching the flowers bloom from our neighbor's yard hanging over the stone wall in the back of our house and just thinking the flowers don't seem to know what a crisis we're in, what a global crisis. They are they are blooming anyway. The reminder that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, that if we are silent, the very rocks will cry out, the flowers were blooming, the birds were singing, the California sun was shining. Where can you extend grace to yourself today? Where have you been holding yourself to an impossible standard that is not of God And God wants to show you that grace. Where might you accept the grace of God for you today? Where is there a pet sin that you're holding on to or an ancient grudge or a well of bitterness that God says, no, 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 let's drain that. You don't need to live with that in your life anymore. Maybe there's a sin you need to confess to God and to a neighbor to a family member, to a friend. How can you reach out and accept God's grace in your life today? And finally, on the topic of grace, how can you extend grace to someone in your life? The benefit of the doubt. How can you have a conversation? How can you reach out in love? Maybe someone has wronged you and God is calling you to forgive, to bless, to offer kindness, forgiveness, peace. It is a tough call, but when we show grace, we are walking in the steps of our Savior, who in this Lenten season was preparing to walk to the cross for us, was preparing to stand up against the religious and government officials and say, no, My kingdom is not of this world. It is different. It is grace. Grace can make us uncomfortable. Many of us like rules. We like to know exactly what the deal is. And grace feels unmoored. It feels too loose. What will happen if we tell our children, our grandchildren, that there is grace? Won't they just go off the rails? But grace is the heartbeat of God. It is the heartbeat of God. The law 
helps us understand our need for grace. When we know what is right and wrong, we begin to understand how far we fall from that standard. But grace, it is all about grace. Eugene Peterson once wrote about a conversation with his son where his son went to a a church and was a guest at that church. And Eugene said, you know, how was it? And his son said, well, it was okay, but you know, the pastor hasn't found his sermon yet. And Eugene Peterson pondered that, right? That every pastor really has one sermon that they preach and they preach it in different forms and from different passages in scripture, but there's, there's one heartbeat to the sermons of of a pastor. And it's the same heartbeat, no matter which text they're preaching. And I think we, we see that with our, with our worship directors too. I think Jeff, Jeff Givens, beautiful, lovely, profoundly theological worship music has a heartbeat to it, a similar heartbeat from Sunday to Sunday. The same is true of Gene Roberson, who directs our, our sanctuary worship. There's a similar heartbeat And one of my predecessors at the church I pastored in Clinton, Wisconsin, beautiful church on the prairies in Clinton, Wisconsin, I was talking to one of the congregants and they they spoke of an interim pastor they'd had who they just loved. They just loved. And and I said, you know, what, what did you connect with? What was good about his leadership? I'm new. I'm young. I want to learn from, from him. And she said, you know, he just always preached about grace. And she told me some of his story, and it turned out he had been an alcoholic for decades, for decades. And in his 50s, he finally said, you know, I, I, need, I need help. And he went to rehab, and he did treatment, and he started going to AA, and he slowly got his life back. And so many people poured into him at those low moments and God poured into him at those low moments and he realized he had tried to do it on his own for so long and it was impossible because it is impossible. And every sermon he preached on the other side of admitting he was an alcoholic, that he needed help, that he couldn't do it on his own, every sermon he preached was about grace. Genesis to Revelation This is the thread we see throughout scripture, the thread of grace, the heartbeat of God, that we were far away and God wouldn't settle for that distance. God said, come, come to me, that we were burned out and exhausted and God wouldn't settle for that. And God said, let me feed you with myself, that we were stuck in sins and messes of our own making. And God said to us, I have made a path back. It is my son, Jesus. We weren't sure where to go, what to do. And God said, I will send you my Holy Spirit who will speak, who will guide. Grace upon grace upon grace. I want to close today, since I mentioned Eugene Peterson, wonderful Presbyterian pastor and Regent Seminary professor with a reading out of his translation of the Bible, the message. This is from Isaiah 43. Listen to the grace. But now God's message, the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You are mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. 
When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And one more time back to Beekner. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Grace upon grace. Thank you for spending the time with me today, friends. It has been so good to be with you. We are looking forward to brighter days ahead. I'll be with you again next week. And we're going to talk about fear next week. We're going to talk about fear. So I would love to hear your stories of fear, deep or silly or serious. What are you afraid of? What experiences have you had that have shaped you in the realm of fear? Send me an email, courtney.ellis at mypcom.com or call the church. Leave me a voicemail. I love playing those on the air. I'll be with you again next week. And until then, take care, be well, and God bless. Mm -hmm.